Kamala Harris continues to show us how dumb she is. And Katenji, Katenji, oh man, Katanji Brown-Jackson, during her Supreme Court hearings, shows her true character. Let's go over it. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Oh, man, I hurt my knee yesterday. And, of course, Josie said, you know, you've got arthritis. Maybe it's arthritis. And, I, no, it doesn't feel like it because I've got a big ball right on over my kneecap. And this is a bad thing because I've been working out. I'm fat. I was, I'm still fat, but not fat, like oh, morbidly obese or anything, but fatter than I want to be. And I, the last thing I want to do is actually stop working out, <laughs> but I got a feeling, my gosh, I can barely stand. So we're going to have to see how that's going to work out. I'll keep you updated on my knee because that's really kind of important stuff. All right. So let's, let's get, um, Let's get into the news. Um, Kamala Harris seriously has to resign or be fired. It, all in all, she just needs to find another job. She's terrible at being vice president. She's just god-awful at it. She's a terrible boss. She's a terrible person. She's having some major issues this week. It's not going well for her. It really isn't. The poor. I, I almost feel sorry for her. I almost, I mean, she's just a terrible person. So it's hard to feel sorry for such a terrible person. I mean, two weeks ago, she was in Europe and she completely screwed that whole thing up. She screwed it up so badly that the, uh, Joe Biden has to go to Spain, go to Spain and Poland next week, just so that he could somehow, I don't know how he's going to fix it. I, he he sent her, because partial reason she failed is because he sent her over there with, like, no goals. I don't know what she was over there for. I don't think she knew why she was over there. So it, the, the problem is, I think that Joe Biden, too, is, is going over there. I don't think he has any goals. But she messed that up, and she messed it up worse because there are a ton of clips of her just making an ass out of herself, saying things that she shouldn't have said, not making any sense, throwing word salads around. And she lost yesterday, she lost another staffer. That brings it up to 10. Now, the good news for her losing another staffer is and a 10th staffer. You know, once you lose 10 staffers, you get one for free. So that's good. Um, there are more rumors about the Biden administration lacking a bunch of confidence in her, lacking any confidence in her. Um the two are actually forced. I, I think this is hysterical. The two dislike each other so much that they are at, they are forced to go to lunch together once a week. Can you imagine what that's like? I mean, she was calling him a racist and a sexist. And I don't know what he thinks of her, but he's... I can't imagine sitting with Joe Biden at a lunch. What are you guys going to say to each other? He probably is talking about the little blue bird he's seeing outside the window. But there, it's got to be an awkward lunch. Um, the complaint from the Biden from the Biden is uh, she's failed at just about everything. The, the Biden administration is complaining that she's failed in everything they've been given. They, she's been given. She's been given the border. She's been given uh, a chance to go to Europe to deal with the European problems. 
the war in Ukraine. She has been given the voting rights. Nothing she has done has turned up anything. Now, she complains, of course, she complains that she's been given impossible jobs that just she just cannot fix with no goals and that Joe Biden is a racist and a sexist. So her 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 camp is complaining too. Um, he's probably hates gay people too. I, I don't know. It's just that seems to be the um the the thing de jour is just call somebody a racist and a sexist and that'll do it. The truth of the matter is it probably is both are right. Joe Biden has given her just impossible jobs. He's given her no direction on policy. So they're probably both right. And Joe Biden, I think, has probably got a lot of racism and sexism in him, too. I mean, he's an old man, and he's said thing, very bad things in his past. So, yeah, I, I would assume that maybe she's not completely wrong either. But the problem Kamala Harris has is every time she goes in front of a camera, listen, Barack Obama was a terrible president, but when he went in front of the camera, his bad policies could be wiped away by just well thought out words. And he was very good at this. Uh, now, I, I hated Barack Obama, so um, I, I, I guess I'm a racist now too, but I hated Barack Obama. I hated his policies. I hated everything that he did. But he was so I when I heard Barack Obama, I just cringed. But he was very good at talking. She's miserable at it. Every time she goes in front of a camera, she just sounds god awful. Well, she was I, I don't know what she was accessible. She was talking about internet accessibility. And she just went off on the, and she was wildly mocked for this. Hey, we'll talk about it after I play the clip, but I I didn't understand what the heck she was talking about. And, and oh, just listen to her. The governor and I, and we were all um, doing a tour of the library here and um, talking about the significance of the passage of time, right? The significance of the passage of time. So when you think about it, there is great significance to the passage of time in terms of what we need to do to lay these wires, what we need to do to create these jobs. And there is such great significance to the passage of time when we think about a day in the life of our children. You got that? I mean, she doesn't say what is significant about the passage of time. I. She said it four times. It must have been important. I... I'm not really sure. I mean, it. I don't know what she was, where she was going with that. And she didn't go anywhere. It, the rest of the speech, the uh, passage. Of, okay, what is, what is significant about the passage of time? Nothing. Now the excuses were flying as to why she said something stupid like this. Maybe her teleprompter broke. Maybe her pages were in the wrong order. Maybe the passage of time thing was, was something that she wanted to really emphasize because it really made her point. But she didn't make a point. And I don't want to hear any excuses of why she got confused. You know why I don't want to hear any excuses? Because she always does this stuff. She always says stupid things like this. 
So there's a guy on Twitter named Greg Price. He's a, a journalist, I think. Uh, he's a blue, Twitter blue check, so he he's got the time to do this kind of stuff. But he made a he made a compilation of Kamala Harris and all her word salads because that's Kamala's word salads is now becoming a thing. So here here's that little compilation. It's about two minutes. It's a little longer, but it, it's it's just too funny. Listen. As we all know, elections matter. And when folks vote, they order what they want. And in this case, they got what they asked for. It is time for us to do what we have been doing. And that time is every day. Every day, it is time for us to agree. Talking about the significance of the passage of time, right? The significance of the passage of time. So when you think about it, there is great significance to the passage of time. I am here, standing here on the northern flank, on the eastern flank, talking about what we have in terms of the eastern flank and our NATO allies. is a country in Europe. It exists next to another country called Russia. Russia is a bigger country. Russia is a powerful country. Russia decided to invade a smaller country called Ukraine. So basically that's wrong. We've been to the border. You haven't been to the border. Uh, and I haven't been to Europe. And I mean, I don't know. We must together, work together, to see where we are, where we are headed, where we are going, and our vision for where we should be, but also see it as a moment, yes, to together address the challenges. We have the ability to see what can be, unburdened by what has been, and then to make the possible actually happen is at stake at this very moment what is at stake this very moment are some of the guiding principles around the nato alliance as it relates to what we need to do domestically as well as as what we need to do in terms of this issue generally we have as the president said uh, reevaluated what we're doing based on what we've just been able to see and because we've seen it or not doesn't mean it hasn't happened but just limited to what we have seen. Yeah, she's just bad at this. She, I, I'm telling you, every time I love when she does press conferences, she comes on. I know it's new material. She is ill prepared. She doesn't prepare for her speeches. She doesn't read that in the days. This is what her administration is saying. She doesn't read the daily update book. She doesn't prep speeches. She, she doesn't know what's going on. Half the time, she doesn't even know where she is. Like when she was in Poland. You would think, my God, you better know where you're standing. She sounds like Joe Biden, except you know she's not losing her mind. She's just stupid. Okay. Next story. Um, so I watched the confirmation hearings for Katanji, uh, Katanji Brown Jackson. I, I'm never going to get that name. I hope she doesn't get... Uh, put on the Supreme Court just so that I never have to uh, never have to pronounce that name again. Um, but I watched it, and I tell you, she's really bad. Her reasoning is cloudy. Her logic is flawed. She's definitely a leftist activist. And quite frankly, I don't think she's very intelligent. It makes me wonder who they're accepting at Harvard. And she's continually writing things down. She can't seem to keep her, her thoughts together. 
and she's really bad. Uh, so here she is. Lindsey Graham doesn't like her. So thank God he probably won't vote. He better not vote for her. I, I tell you, anybody who votes for this broad and is calling himself a conservative or herself a conservative should be primaried. I, I'll say that again at the end of this. But, I mean, she's really bad. So, here's Lindsey Graham. I, I like I like him doing this. I, I didn't think it was really necessary for him to do this. But he's really been out of shape that no one's accusing her of rape and sexual harassment or belonging to a cult. So, so here's here's him going off on her a little bit. And he went off on her today. He, he really doesn't like her. So, here's Lindsey Graham going off. Do you know Janice Rogers Brown? Yes, I do know her. Did you know that Joe Biden actively filibustered Janice Rogers Brown? I did not know that. There are two standards going on here. If you're an African-American conservative woman, you're fair game to have your life turned upside down, to be filibustered no matter how qualified you are. And if you express your faith as a conservative, all of a sudden you're an effing nut. Now, I'm not a huge fan of Lindsey Graham because he kind of goes back and forth where he's Lindsey Graham 2.0 and he's powerful and he's pushes conservative. And then there are other times where he's not. But he's right here. Um, Janice Rogers Brown was the first black woman nominated by George W. Bush. She never got confirmed because Joe Biden filibustered and, and basically ended her confirmation. She never got a hearing. Um... She was conservative. And Joe Biden picked Brown Jackson because she's a black woman and he's proud of himself and he's putting himself on a, putting her on a pedestal, putting him on a pedestal because she's a black woman. Meanwhile, this jerk off stopped a black woman from being confirmed and she was far more qualified than this gal is. But then we get into some of the problems that Brown Jackson had. And Ted Cruz, you knew he was gonna he was gonna go off on her. Now remember, Ted Cruz was asked by Trump if he wanted to be a Supreme Court justice. Ted Cruz has actually argued in front of the Supreme Court. He is a very good lawyer, and you can tell he's a good lawyer simply by the way he speaks to uh, people. Went during these hearings. Well, he had another. He he had another. Um, uh, had another another. Excuse me. Let me speak English. He had another moment, and he went off on her. Also, here he is. So, Judge Jackson, all of us will agree that that no one should be discriminated against because of race. When you just testified a minute ago that you didn't know if critical race theory was taught in K through 12, I will confess I, I find that statement a little hard to reconcile uh, with the public record. I do not believe that any child should be made to feel as though they are racist or though they are not valued or though they are less than, that they are victims, that they are oppressors. I don't believe in any of that. And I'll confess, Judge Jackson, as, as, look, as I listen to your testimony, I believe you are someone who is compassionate. I believe you care for children, obviously your children and other children. But I also see a record of activism and advocacy as it concerns sexual predators 
that stems back decades and that is concerning. You say requirements that sex offenders register may or may not be unconstitutional depending upon whether, quote, sex in which sex offenders have no privacy right in registration information or blood samples. So you suggest that may or may not be constitutional, although you raise doubts about it. Do you still agree with the sentiments you expressed in, in your law school note? Respectfully, Senator, those are not the sentiments that I expressed in my law school note. So there are two things here during a little clip. One, as far as critical race theory being taught in K through 12, Cruz not reconciling means he thinks she's lying. In considering critical race theory was invented at Harvard, was come up, the philosophy was come up at Harvard during the time she was in law school. And by the way, he Ted Cruz was in law school at Harvard at the same time she was. They're about the same age. I think she's a year younger or something. Um, it's very hard to believe she didn't believe that, that critical race theory was out there. Now, here's the thing. The leftist philosophy has ideology, has a lot of problems. It's very con I do believe she cares for kids. But her going beyond constitutional laws concerning child... Uh, and we'll get into the child pornography thing in a few minutes. I, maybe I should even bring that up until we listen to what Josh Hawley said. But to sit back and say that critical race theory is not being taught, it's not, I don't even know what it is. She thought it was only being taught in law school. And what Cruz said about critical race theory, he showed her a book written by Ibram X. Kendi that was aimed at children and was being taught in a school. This book is actually being taught. So she's lying. Now, he also mentioned something about her, her stance on child pornographers. I'm going to talk about that in a second. He was very upset. Lindsey Graham went off on her today about that. And, uh, but the best one, the most talk about, the most confrontation that Brown went through was with Josh Hawley. And he was talking about her light sentencing. I may, maybe I should have put this first, but I didn't. Um, and this really made her look pretty bad. And I'll talk about why in a second. But I want you to hear what Holly's got to say. You said to this defendant, for whom you sentenced to only three months in prison, that your collection, I'm quoting you, your collection at the time that you were caught was not actually as large as it seems. The government felt the need to respond to you on the record. They said the government doesn't believe that it's appropriate to just disregard the number of images, that the number of images can be appropriate. And indeed, in this case, the defendant has amassed an extremely large collection of child pornography. But you disregarded that. You also told the defendant, you said this, this seems to be a case where you were fascinated by sexual images involving what were essentially your peers. And then he went on to say the defendant was merely trying to satisfy his curiosity. Curiosity is your word. One more thing on this same idea. You said you were viewing. This is you to the defendant. You were you were viewing sex acts between children who were not much younger than you. And this whole discussion is about why you're only giving him three months. Judge, he was 18. These kids are eight. I don't see in what sense they're peers. This one was 
devastating, and you can see the look in her face. You can see she is just, oh, Lord. Uh, and this was a case she actually held, heard, a criminal case, of a guy who had thousands of pictures he had downloaded off the Internet. She believes that the law, now the law was written, first off, the whole, the whole idea that a college freshman and a, I, this is, for me, did it. I, I do not want to see her. Yes, she's got a nice smile. She seems like she's a, a bubbly, got a bubbly personality, but this, this, this draws the line here. To sit back and compare a college freshman to a third grader as peers is weird to me. That's just not, no, that's not right. I think it'd be weird if an 18-year-old hung out with a 15-year-old, but an 8-year-old, no. This is what she believes, okay? And she might have a point here. She believes that because downloading child pornography is so much easier now that the internet was written, that the law, which was written before the internet was accessible, is you can't apply the same, uh, you cannot apply the same punishment as due to the wording of the law. Okay, in a twisted way, she's right. But here's the problem I have: it's not up to her to change the law. That's Congress's job, and Congress is the one who came up with the law. They gave you recommendations. And the recommendations, I believe, for child pornography is two years in prison. That's the minimum. And she gave this one, in this one instance, and this isn't the only instance, she gave this guy three months because she didn't see it as so bad. This is, this is a real, and by the way, if you have thousands of images, I don't care how easy it is, you should go to prison for the rest of your life then. If you get two years for having one image, you should get two years for each image you have because these are all kids. Now, I'm going to use a term that is not correct, but these guys are pedophiles. People who download kiddie porn are pedophiles. They are using exploited children for their own gratification. As far as I'm concerned, it's no different than them exploiting the children. I don't see much of a difference. And I don't think that line is blurry. I think it's straight. I think I don't think there's any normal human being out there that thinks that that having kitty porn on your computer, so that you can have some sort of sexual gratification, is is any different than being a pet. That makes you a pedophile, as far as I'm concerned. Now you know this was bad. You know this was this had an effect on people, because the media jumped in to defend her and her and I find this very disturbing because we are seeing a trend right now where pedophiles are actually just they're not even sick people anymore pedophiles are being seen as just people with a different uh preference on sexual partners I told you this is going to come it's there's going to come a day where pedophiles are going to be seen as nothing different than a gay or a transgender person. That's coming. Okay, we already see it with the, the maps. The um, uh, I can't remember. Uh, minor attracted person is what MAP stands for. That we're already seeing. They don't want to call them pedophiles because that has a stigma. We talked about that in a previous podcast. 
Here's Jeffrey Tubin defending her record on child pornographers and pedophiles, giving them light sentences. Of course, he's on CNN. So listen. Can I just add one point about these these, these kitty porn cases? And, and this this came up, I remember, when I was an assistant U.S. attorney back in the 90s, is that when those... Uh, when those uh, sentencing guidelines were written for those cases, th this was a time when uh, the people who committed these crimes would order individual photos and 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 get and then get them usually through email, um, and then uh, they would be sentenced based on the number of photos they possessed. This was all pre-internet, so uh, once the internet came in and and people got. Um, access to hundreds and then thousands of photos, they would the, the sentencing guidelines would reflect hundreds and then thousands of photos. Federal judges have been struggling with the issue of how do you create a fair system that was designed pre-internet that was, yet you have to sentence people post-internet. Okay, I, I am so annoyed by this guy that I'm going to do my last point first. Um, it's not her job to define what's fair. Her job is to determine guilt or innocence, and if guilty, assign the punishment that the statute requires her to promote, to, to uh, apply. It's not her job to figure out what's fair or not. Her job is to go with the law. This is why she would make an absolutely terrible, terrible Supreme Court justice. Because you are not there to remake the Constitution. You are not, that's not your job. Your job is to read the law and apply the law. Congress's job is to make law. And it annoys me that these guys keep saying, well, living document and all that. No, it's not her job to do that. If a guy, if the guidelines are from two to 20 years per image, then I, I and I, another thing that really bothers me is um, there's really no blurred lines here. If it's two years for holding one image and you have a thousand images, <laughs> okay, there you go. That's how long you should be in prison. And I don't think that's bad. What? Are, no one thinks about the kid. Everything the left does, they worry about the criminal. They never worry about the kids. It's sick. The other thing um, I've got to say is Tubin should just sit this one out. I mean, this is the guy who's caught jerking off while talking to a hooker on a Zoom call with his coworkers and forgetting to turn off his camera. I, I really don't think this guy, who is a pervert, should be talking about how you sentence other perverts. Just weird. But the that was so right off the bat, you you can tell she's she's an activist. She's pro critical race theory. She is uh, crim she, criminals. She believes in light sentences to criminals. The other thing she did was uh, used to defend used to defend Taliban folk. She used to defend people at Gitmo, terrorists in Gitmo. She wrote one amicus brief where she called George W. Bush a war criminal. He had committed war crimes. This is something that I would have thought you would have brought up. 
they kept uh, a couple of guys. I think Lindsey Graham was Lindsey Graham and Ted Cruz both went off on this a little bit because they were like, uh, these people are at war with us. 9-11 happened. And they're killing soldiers. And you believe that George W. Bush is the hero and we should leave? We should let these guys out of Guantanamo Bay? And there was a startling statistic. It was found that 40% of the criminals that get out of Gitmo actually ended up right back into the body, right back into the uh, battlefield. I'm surprised it's that low. But apparently a lot of these guys aren't sent back to their country. They have to figure out how to get back to the country. But the biggest bombshell came courtesy of Marsha Blackburn. And I, I, this, right off the bat, this is the reason she cannot be Supreme Court Justice. If you can't answer this simple question. Uh, can you provide a definition for the word woman? Can I provide a definition? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. I can't. You can't? Mm, not in okay. this context. So I'm you not believe a biologist. The meaning of the word woman is so unclear and controversial that you can't give me a definition? Senator, in my work as a judge, what I do is I address disputes. If there's a dispute about a definition, People make arguments, and I look at the right. law, and I decide. Well, so I'm not... The fact that you can't give me a straight answer about something as fundamental as what a woman is underscores the dangers of the kind of progressive education that we are hearing about. Just last week, an entire generation of young girls watched as our taxpayer-funded institutions permitted a biological man to compete and beat a biological woman in the NCAA swimming championships. What message do you think this sends to girls who aspire to compete and win in sports at the highest levels? Senator, I'm not sure what message that sends if, if you're asking me about the legal issues related to it um those are topics that are being hotly discussed as you say and could come to the court uh, if i were marcia blackburn i and by the way that's it she's done get out of here she is definitely if you cannot even define what a woman is you are an activist or you won't define what a woman is you're an activist you shouldn't be on the supreme court the I would have pushed it if I were Marsha Blackburn. I would have sat back and said, hey, um, question for you. Are you a woman? And then if she said, yeah, well, yes, I identify as a woman. Well, I de- tell me why you're a woman. I would have pushed it. I would have absolutely. And if she said I identify as a woman, that uh, I'm done. No conservative. I'm going to say it again. She is an activist. And by the way, I, maybe I'm, I'm crazy here. This woman has a Juris Doctorate from Harvard. I would assume with a Juris Doctorate from Harvard University, one of the best universities in the country, I have got to assume she knows the difference between a man and a woman. That she does have some sort of idea of what a, a man and a woman is. So, 
you know what's worse about this whole thing? You know what's the worst thing about this whole thing? Is that the Republicans told her what these questions were going to be. There were no gotchas here. She knew this was going to come up. Holly told her he was going to question her about this, about uh, the uh, light sentencing for child pornographers and pedophiles. Cruz told her, Graham told her they were going to talk about the Gitmo detainees. Blackburn told her she was going to talk about this gender ideology, and she still effed up the questions. She still didn't have any answers. That tells me she's stupid, too. So, yeah. And by the way, she's a leftist. She's a leftist activist. It also shows just how bad leftist ideology is. That we can't even ask you a simple question like, what is a woman? And you can't give an answer. All right. Well, last story. I, I actually had six stories, but I knew I wasn't going to get through them. So according to the Washington Post, quote, South Carolina has given the green light for condemned prisoners in the state to be executed by firing squad. Final approval came Friday after the State Department of Corrections said renovations had been completed on a new death chamber where executions can take place in the state capital of Columbia. The electric chair is the state's primary method of execution. But a, but a May 2021 law now allows prisoners to choose to die by lethal injection or firing squad, the state said in a press release. Okay, some things here. I love this. Um, I think it's about time we brought back the uh, we brought back the the firing squad. It is the easiest, most effective, and cheapest way to take care of business when it comes to the death penalty. Uh, let's face it, if you're in the gas chamber, if you're in, you're being executed via lethal injection or the uh, electric chair, lots of things go wrong. Lots of things go wrong. So it is not, it, it's, it's most effective. You hit a guy in the heart, done. And not to mention, I think it's a less painful way to go for the prisoner. I mean, these guys are all aiming at the same thing. And he will die almost instantly with very little pain, if any. So I never understood why we got rid of something like that. I'm not a fan of hanging because hanging is messy and it doesn't always work. And it could be real messy if, if the, they make the noose, if they tie up the noose incorrectly. But see, that's the whole thing. Most of America... A lot of America is against, I, I don't, th I think most Americans are for the death penalty, but a lot of Americans are against the death penalty because it's messy. D the death penalty, death is messy. And if you're going to do it, do it right and make it the least messy as possible if you're into that. But these are condemned criminals. I mean, you get the death penalty, you've killed at least one person and you did it on purpose. You meant to do it. You thought about it. I really don't care how messy it is. I, matter of fact, I don't think we use the death. I know we don't use the death penalty enough because the death penalty is that's half the reason we still have crime in this country because we just don't use it enough. But 
to sit back. Our country really has a problem with reality. Look at the TV. You watch the news on the on any channel, including Fox News, any channel. They edit the war in Ukraine because people shouldn't be able to see what is looks like what war looks like. Our media hides and all media does this. They hide reality. Well, the reality is if you're a convicted murderer and you are no good to society, you can never be rehabilitated and they've determined you should be put to death. Well, I got some bad news for you. Death is death is an ugly thing. And I'm so sick and tired of trying to clean it up. That's what everyone... I personally think everybody, execution should be public. I think we should be looking at the images of war. And stop hiding reality, especially for the younger generations. Because these younger generations are so babied that they think everything is beautiful and everything is great and and that's why we're worried about transgenderism and that's why we're worried about critical race theory and that's why we're worried about our pronouns that's not life that's not reality we keep hiding reality from the younger generations and they think their pronouns is the reality now i lived i i was born in 68 vietnam the Middle East, the two Iraq wars, 9-11. Our kids today, kids today haven't even, don't even know what 9-11 is. They don't know the, the, the horror that had occurred back then. People jumping out of a building, falling 120 stories to their deaths. And so, and they've separated themselves from reality. Now they're getting, I mean, even their own person is not a real thing to them anymore. The pink hair, the tattoos, the piercings everywhere, all that has to do with creating a new reality, the pronouns, creating a new reality. Because the reality in the United States is so good that it's boring. Just a thought. Okay, um, visit my website at dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. Hope you guys have a great day. Talk to you tomorrow. This is Gene. You've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics.